And nothing. Nothing at all. We were warned these beers may explode. Explodes under pressure. Anyway, welcome under back pressure. to the Drunken Air Podcast, where we love beer like we love was it John Favreau? Or John Favreau. John Favreau. My name is Carl, and with me is the co-host with the Mo host. I hate myself, Shipper. I don't hate myself. No, I, I hate myself <laughs> for saying that. <laughs> I just thought you were trying to make that my nickname to this week. No. I'm like, no. I'm good. Thanks. I was just rolling with it. Um, yeah, this is the podcast where we talk all of our comic book loves and our Star Wars quote unquote loves and all that other good stuff. And beer. And beer. Mostly the beer, though. If you want to talk positive about things, it's the beer. <laughs> it's always the beer. Um, how you doing? No, I don't hate this week. I'm good. What? Yeah, this, this week. I said this I don't hate a, this week. This is a week that we did two things that we enjoy. <laughs> no, I'm good this week. You? Hmm? You good this week? Oh, yeah, I'm always good. Mm. Katie, Katie was away for five days this week, so I figured... And you missed every minute of it. Well, yeah, but I figured, like, okay, so Katie's away, so I'm literally just going to play The Witcher 3 until... Yeah, I didn't finish the first one. <laughs> you could just pour the first one in there and have one beer sitting in, in front of you. In theory, but I didn't do that. But, so I figured <laughs> I was going to play The Witcher 3. In five days, I figured I would get 24 hours in of yeah, playing yeah. The Witcher. I mean, work slow. And I only had to work on? one day yeah. of those five. Instead, every time I turned my PlayStation on, I got a message from somebody saying, like, hey, do you want to play Madden? Or, hey, do you want to play, uh, we has got the golf game? Or... Just things like that. Yeah. So I ended up playing for about an hour, over five days. But you still played a lot of video games. Oh, I played. I played video games till my eyes bleed. <laughs> so you're saying Katie can't leave you alone by yourself anymore? I mean, nothing bad happened. I just sat on a couch and played video games. Layla's still alive. Uh, she took Layla with her. Oh, you really didn't have anything to yeah, do. All I had to do was feed some cats. And then the, the new cat tower came, and I built the new cat tower. So that... Mm, that's exciting. Yeah, that took a half hour or so. But, yeah, anything fun? You do anything fun this week? Uh, what did I do this week? Um, I worked. That was super not exciting. Um, I gotta go into work tonight. No, no. Thanksgiving was last week. So we just had Thanksgiving at the house. Janice made, made a bunch of food, which was good. Hmm. We oh, started yeah, Sunday for Christmas. <laughs> Thanksgiving this past week. You worked tw- two du- or you worked a double. Two doubles. Two doubles. <laughs> I worked thirty-two consecutive. You worked a quad. Hours. Um. Yeah. So Thanksgiving was fun. We did Friendsgiving with my neighbor, me, Katie, and Matt. Carl. Yeah, and we just had food. Uh, the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Yeah, we were going to go to that, but that worked. Yeah. Well, we kept within our they stopped. all the legal lines or whatever. It was supposed to be no more than what ten people. Ten people. Yeah. yeah so we had three. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> what did you have there? Because I know when we were to go, Krell's menu was very limited. Krell made turkey and mac and cheese and mashed potatoes, and okay. Katie made green bean casserole. She made apple dumplings for dessert, and she made this uh, cornbread food i don't know how to describe <laughs> it food. it wasn't just cornbread it was like corn I'm glad it wasn't plastic some other stuff. Yeah. yeah so you guys had a legit food i know when i asked krell what should we bring he was like um well i got the turkey and any side you want to bring 
<laughs> was like, okay. So then I was like, oh, we're going to bring mac and cheese when we thought we were still coming. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, no, I got the cover too. I was like, okay, well, so what you don't that? you have coming? He's like, well, I don't know what Katie's making. <laughs> yeah. So when I talked to him, it was going to be turkey and mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, that you knew about. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was a good time, though. Uh, did the neighbor do anything for Thanksgiving? I don't know. I haven't seen, really seen anything. Um, I mean, it's been warm enough. I mean, it rained all day today, so, you yeah. know, all his tools are in a wet again because, you know, he just leaves them outside. Yeah. Because that's great for him. Uh, yeah, I know. I haven't seen the squirrel lately. Well, they're inside the house. It's been that, It's true. They went inside the house. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're the walls. So, I hear that the beer that you have supplied for this week has a write-up along with it there is a backstory can we uh you, you want to fill get, us in or you want to yeah, yeah i'm gonna make you guess it go ahead and start guessing this paragraph of the of a backstory no um in a world <laughs> sort of uh the beer this week is um rubsome in horman um brewing company they're based in Staten island new york hmm. um so the write-up that i have for it is that Janice wrote. Um, it was started in Staten Island by two German immigrants in 1870. The brewery survived fire and quote-unquote drunken firemen who couldn't save the brewery itself but could certainly drink the beer. End quote. Uh, <laughs> baby mama drama in shunning by the United States Brewers Association. That's some, uh, some hurdles there already. Despite all this, the company went public and became incorporated as R&H Beer in 1888. So this is an old brewery. They went public <clears> in 1888. <throat> I'm saying. Uh, more strife followed. Exploding vats of beer. The death of Rubsum. More baby mama drama. And family issues with Horman. In quotations. Commitment to an insane asylum. Tuberculosis. An invalid wife. And Horman's suicide. Jesus. Maybe we should be drinking this beer. A lot of uh, negativity going on. There's some bad vibes going with this beer. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, in quotes. The son of Horman took over and, while able to increase distribution, was subject to anti-German sentiment during World War Two or World War One. Makes sense. Oh, wait until World War Two happens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the brewery survived Prohibition, another fire, World War Two. Um, apparently, they were so profitable they had their own blimp. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then it was sold in 1953 to a company that went out of business 10 years later. Then in 2017, a young gentleman named Brian Quinn came by. Brian Quinn of Impractical Jokers fame. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's not familiar with Impractical Jokers is a show based on four guys that have been friends forever. And they just make each other do stupid shit. Yeah, just try and embarrass time. each other. Yeah. Uh, they're from Staten Island. So this is actually where we heard this beer was watching them do their show and watching him drink it um but uh i guess 2017 he discovered the history of the brewery and aimed to bring it back to life in 2019 rnh brewery was revived um it's currently has three flagship beers but it makes other beers as well mm-hmm. uh being an ipa a pilsner and an amber ale and then his two specialty beers right now is the catoberfest and the holidays um and they don't they don't make they don't have their own brewery Mm -hmm. but they work with other breweries uh specifically um flagship brewing and beach house i think there's another one so they're a brewery without a brewery 
basically it's almost like they have the name the naming rights and then they have the recipes mm-hmm. and then um, I'm guessing give that's it the why, rights to others that's why the new logo has a giant Q in it yes yes because Q mm-hmm. as he's known and then the the message that he includes is, Hey, bro, thanks for drinking my beer, sis. From Q. Up at the top of oh, the, does say that. the emblem. <laughs> sure, apparently. Yeah, and then there's a cat. There's a cat all over this Well, place. he's a big cat, dude. He is? Yeah. Uh, Their um, Oktoberfest is actually called Cattoberfest. Yeah. And one of his cats that he has talked about and loves dearly is Benjamin Cat. Mm-hmm. And it's prominently on the label of the, the uh-huh. can. I mean, if I ever made a beer, I'd probably throw Layla all over all the labels. Yeah. So, sure. Yeah, I, I respect that. Uh, but, you know, this beer we're doing today is the IPA. Um, this is East Coast meets West Coast style. I'll just turn off that Carly Rae Jepsen ringtone <laughs> real quick. It looks uh, like it's a spam call anyways. So probably. Kind of voicemail. Um, it says, this serenity, bal- serenely, sorry, balanced IPA takes American and experimental hops and pairs them with English and German malts for a tangy, tropical, biscuity mouth bomb. I get the tangy, not so much the tropical. Yeah. I get that, but, um, <laughs> Is there anything better than a good mouth bomb? The can asks. Yep. R&H beer. Get it in your gullet. <laughs> uh, this one was brewed and canned by Flagship Brewing Company in Staten Island, um, which I've been meaning to get to as well. Yeah, uh, but they don't—they don't have, like I said, an actual brewery that they make it in. We—you can get these at Shoprites in Staten Island, mm. which is where we got them. Because, mm. <clears throat> like you said about Staten Island, you're two to three miles away. Oh yeah, even bridge However, right across the river. That's that's at least a thirty-minute drive and roughly thirty dollars in tolls yeah, <laughs> to get there. Yeah, it's not cheap to get there. That's for certain. Oh, absurd. No, I I like this beer a lot. Yeah. Um, Definitely, I can get the West Coast hops. It's got more of the pininess oh, and the yeah. earthy earth tones versus a, well, East Coast hops is more mm-hmm. citrus. But for sure, it has more of that West, Coast, especially the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. It's got that West Coast kind of. Yeah, it's got the hoppy feel. Yeah, a hoppiness as people would generally attribute it to. Yeah. But it's not bad. I'll take it. I need to drink it. Why not? So it's six percent by volume as well. So. I'm going to say this is a Brian Q uh, recommendation that he didn't know he recommended to us. Yeah. No, he threw it right in our faces. He did. And Although, then we I don't know if he's him. a golfer, but maybe he'd appreciate our golf beer ranking system, and then maybe we could go mm-hmm. golfing one day. Q? Maybe. Get at me. We'll go golfing. Anyway, so Q, since this is your first time listening to the podcast, um, <laughs> our golf ranking system is... We have, I, we have two parts to it. Yes. Uh, it's a rating of 1 to 18. Being holes. Yes, because that is how many holes are on a golf course. Mm-hmm. Um, the first number is how many holes I can play without my game absolutely falling apart mm-hmm. due to getting too drunk. Mm-hmm. And the second number is how many holes, if my game was not a factor, how many holes could I drink this beer for before I start you know, wanted to change, hankering for a different drink. Yep. So as far as how long can I drink this with a, until my game falls apart? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say about seven, eight with the six percent. Yeah, probably. Because it's not. It's a pretty easy drink, but it's not the easiest of drinks. So no. I'm not gonna crush four of these in four holes. No. 
So we'll say eight holes before my game falls apart. How long would I drink this before wanting to switch beers? Let's say 13 holes. Go okay. 13 with it. So 13 and eight. Um, it's 25, um, eight, 13 and eight. It's 21. 13 and 8, 25, huh? Ugh, I don't know where I'm counting yeah, today. It's a good thing that we're math science bitches. Yeah. Um, so 13 and 8, 21 divided by 2. I almost said 11 and a half. <laughs> 10 and a half. <laughs> so this beer will easily get you through the front nine, plus a little bit on the back. Yep. I'll give it that. I'll go with that score. Oh, yeah, I can drink this. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, just a note in New York, you have to pay a uh, bottle fee on it for these cans. If you recycle them with, you know, you take them back, that you get your deposit back. All of it? Uh, it's like five cents. It's know? only worth five cents. Yeah, so a six-pack is 30 cents, so it's five cents a can. New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Virginia Tech, which is Vermont. Yeah. New Hampshire, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Five cents. Please recycle me. The Earth will thank you. So I'm not going back across the bridge to pay nineteen dollars just to recycle for thirty cents. If you collect them long enough, I would have to have a collections bin for it. But quite a quite a collection. Yeah. Get enough to pay two tolls, so that way you get one trip free. Yeah. <laughs> and buy more while you're there. It, well, yeah. So yeah, this week beer. Yeah, I go drinking it. To be a fun beer to drink while playing The Witcher or other games. This would be a good social beer. Yeah. Because, like, you, you could include the story with it and, like, the whole cue aspect of it. Yeah. You would say, it says about the tropical notes. I actually do get the tropical notes on the front end of, of, the, of the palate. Right. Like, when you first take that first sip, I get the citrusy tropical in the front and then mm -hmm. the pininess from the West Coast hops right. in the back. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm with that. I was uh, anyhow. I was drinking beers and playing video games with Krell this weekend. Uh huh. Um, we started playing Star Wars Squadrons, and I wish we had better beer for that game because it's terrible. It's the Star Wars game where you only control like you're in the spaceship mm -hmm. and like you've used the cockpit and everything. Oh, uh, Squadron? Yeah. Okay. Terrible. Oh, is it? Terrible game. I they spent came out, $20 to get it. Yeah, it came, the game just came out, and it was already... It came out at, like, 40 bucks. Like, they knew what they had. It, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The graphics yeah. are incredible. The story behind, like, the the ships, they include stats and all that kind of stuff. It's fun. The game is terrible. Like, the gameplay is absolutely horrendous. It, it feels like it was made for, uh, like, a computer with a joystick, opposed to be played mm. on Xbox. Or maybe even like VR, like maybe, Oculus. Maybe VR, yeah. I could I see, see where that would be. Then you get that would be hands. real cool. Yeah, that's that's sad. I, I thought about that game. Mm -hmm. Me and my cousin John got it at the same time because we've been looking for a new game to play together. Uh huh. And we both put five to ten hours into it, mm -hmm. and then we both text each other. And I'm like, I'm I never want to play this game again. It's that's there. the thing about like because what what came out Battlefront or whatever, mm -hmm. EA, you know, Star Wars Battlefront, like most people just can't do Star Wars well. Yeah. And I know we kind of talked touched about it before on podcasts like uh, Fallen Order. 
that came mm. out last year is good. I know um, you have your yeah, I, I know like you have it. your qualms about it. <laughs> you don't like some of the environmental puzzles, which I really enjoy the game. I loved it. It's like thirty percent of the game is sliding down muddy hills. Yeah, that's terrible, but I can forgive that crap. <laughs> oh, I got mad at a lot of those. I was yelling at some of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the problem, I don't know if the. I mean, the game's good, and I like it for the lore. I like it for the art, the mm. role playing elements. But it's also against a lot of really bad Star Wars games. Yeah. Um, I would say the last good Star Wars game was probably. Can't think of the name of it. I mean, Battlefront Two wasn't bad as a game, but EA tried to suck the consumer dry with yeah. all the microtransactions. Yeah, the game itself, it was playable, but you had to have it online with it, and but, you had to have a thousand dollars in order to unlock all of the things you needed or to ha- unlock, or actually treat it like a nine to five job. It was like a three hundred hour game to yeah. unlock everything. Yeah, to get all the 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 people and the ships and stuff like that, like. I think someone did the math, and it's like one per one to unlock one character was like eight hours of gameplay. Yeah, like you would literally have to spend forty hours a week yeah. for months to be able Playing to that game. get your money's worth out of that game, or pay EA more money. Yeah, which is and that's what, what a lot of people most, did. You had to. Yeah. You don't have that kind of time. No, and that defeats the purpose of playing the game. And that was what put the. Uh, what were the like the gambling boxes over the loot top boxes, too. Yeah. the loot boxes yeah where they're now yeah. illegal in, in some like, countries in a lot of countries not here in the United States no but that was the game that put that argument over the top yeah because you were paying money and you didn't even know like let's say you want a Boba Fett mm-hmm. uh, you could pay four hundred dollars and still never have Boba Fett because you just kept buying character loot boxes yeah and you didn't know what character you were going to get. The one game that I, I'm okay that had loot box in um, was the uh, Lord of the Rings games that came out a few years ago. The Shadow of Mordor? Yeah. They had loot box in the second one, mm-hmm. but like it didn't mean anything. You could get it, but it didn't add anything or subtract anything. Hmm. Uh, there was some cosmetic, and there was some like you would get it and it would be a new uh, orc to fight in your, your keep. Because right. in that one you created keeps and it was basically tower defense games, oh. and so you could you know use the loot boxes and you would get like you know an orc with a different power set or mm-hmm. whatever, and you could use them and this that and the other. But it, it it wasn't like you had to do that. Yeah, it wasn't a make a break kind of situation. Yeah. It was just sure if you want, knock yourself out. When the game came out originally, it was, yeah. but Battlefront. Broke the broke system. the system, yeah. and they lost money on it. So then, that's EA Sports, <laughs> just EA, <laughs> EA in general. Because even Madden, like they have their Madden Ultimate Team mode, uh-huh. where you have to pay money to get the good players. Ugh. And like so many players love, uh, they, it's called Mutt, M U T, Madden Ultimate Team. So Mutt, people love it, and I despise it. I refuse to play. I don't even think it's fun. If I wanted to put money into it, I wouldn't put money into it. Because like it's just not a fun game mode. Yeah. But EA is so focused on like getting money off of people. In order to even get to the modes of Madden that I enjoy playing, I have to skip through three to seven ads for shit to buy on Mutt. And if you're gonna pay sixty dollars a for a full game, why am I watching ads? Yeah. They're ads for the game that I have. Yeah. It like if you wanna have a sale on Mutt, then when you open Mutt, Pop up the sales. Don't force the main screen 
to be a bunch of different ads for Mutt. Yeah, EA just trying to find ways to screw people over more and more. Yeah, or just get more money with their terrible ass games. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of big companies are starting to go away. Bethesda was, or not Bethesda, um, Bungie. One of the few that hasn't done that yet. Yeah, Bungie. However, now that Microsoft owns them. (laughs) Bungie was the first one to, like, stick it to the players. With Halo? Yeah. And also, um, hell, who made World of Warcraft? Uh, Blizzard. Blizzard. They do it, too. But all these other game companies are like, meh. We can put out a game, people will buy it, we'll sell them money, and we'll just charge them more for it, and people will accept it. Yeah. Like, that's where it needs to be knocked off. And that's actually, whoever just produced um, the new Avengers game that came out this year, what, September? They have lost millions on that game. Um, There's a game that came out, and it just got pushed through. And it was like, here's a half a story, and you can... They basically took Destiny and said, what are the worst parts of Destiny? Let's focus on that. That was Square Enix. Oh, was it Square Enix? Because you and I both talked about, well, maybe we should get this game when it comes out. But I was like, let's give it a minute. Cause I don't want to give $60 to a shit yeah, game. And, and it's see, a shit game. I didn't see any good reviews. Yeah. No. Everything I read was basically what you said. It was Destiny with Avengers skins mm-hmm. and pay to play. Yep. And even when you did buy the things, cosmetically, they didn't appear on your character. No. Like, it was just an attachment you put on. You bought a different Captain America skin, and he didn't even have it while you played the game. It was just in the loading screens and stuff. Terrible. Like that is the laziest thing. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's where people need to. And I know people have said it before, but people need to vote with their money. And don't pay for it. Mm-hmm. I I have never. I, I used to, but I will never buy a game like pre-order a game because you just don't know what you're getting. Yeah. I mean, case in point, we talked about it earlier before the podcast the new uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out mm-hmm. and I love me an Assassin's Creed game I'll give my money to them 90% of the time but I was watching some reviews on it this morning and it's not good it's yeah. it's good for what it can be but what it can be is just like a grind yeah or what it not can be what it is is a grind what it turns into is a grind yeah and yeah. somebody was the, the video I was watching was a guy he said he put 60 hours of it and basically the gameplay from hour one to hour 60 is the same which is terrible that's not a game you want as an RPG no and a game that focuses on exploration he was like and one thing like so they basically took Assassin's Creed Odyssey which I put a lot of time into it and I really liked that game Um, you know the exploration's fun the storyline's there Hmm. you know you go around and you find new weapons and you can use them and Valhalla said well we're gonna have the stupid big ass world so you can spend your 100 hours into it. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to put any weapons. you got to find all your weapon upgrades, which are few and far between. And you're just going to run basically these missions of, uh, of uh, raiding and pillaging, which is great at the beginning of the game. Yeah. But you get to a point where like, I did this already. When do I keep doing the same thing? Yeah. And now I'm just grinding for resources that mean nothing. Yeah. And that's just not good. And, and he said the story's not good at all. <laughs> There's like basically no storyline there. That yeah. And he said also like one of the <clears throat> final bosses is hidden. Like you have to find clues to unveil who it is, mm-hmm. which they did in Odyssey as well. And you had to find clues by exploration. But he was like, I mean, I finished the storyline and I came and killed his final boss mm-hmm. because I don't know where the hell these clues are. Yeah. And I gotta cover the entire map. And he's like, it's just a slog trying the to uncover. The map is gigantic, and the yeah. game's not fun. Yeah. So that's the problem. 
Yeah, it's one thing if the game's fun. Yeah. That's one thing that I like about like the, the Far Cry series. Mm-hmm. Like Far Cry 5 even. The story was hit or miss. Sure. The map was gigantic. That's a big game. And there was stuff hidden everywhere. Mm-hmm. But like just the getting from A to B and just the general gameplay. Mm-hmm. It was enjoyable. It was identical to Far Cry 4. But Far Cry 4 was a shitload of fun. Yeah. I actually like Far Cry Primal too. Most people didn't. But that's beside the point. Far Cry Primal, it fell into that there wasn't enough variety yeah. for me. Where I was yeah. like, you get your spear, you get your bow and arrow. But you could ride a saber-toothed tiger and a woolly mammoth. Into battle. Yeah, which is, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like Far Cry 6, I'm very excited for. Especially because uh, Giancarlo Esposito is actually going to play the bad guy. Oh. And for those that don't know who Giancarlo Esposito is... He's uh, the bad guy. The bad guy. In the Mandalorian. Mandalorian, which I think that's as good of a... It's like, where's you going to go? Yeah. I was going to yeah. go with it. Yep. Um, Mandalorian, season two, episode four? Five, I think. Five? It's chapter 13. Chapter 13. So five. The Jedi. The Jedi. Directed by Dave Filoni. Was it? Mm-hmm. I didn't even look. I um, like how we've been spending the last... First half of the, you know, the whatever, five episodes, four episodes... We've been looking for a Jedi, specifically Ahsoka Katano, and oh, look, in five seconds, here, here she is. She's, yeah, she's the first thing you see, basically. Rosario Dawson playing yeah. Ahsoka Katano. She does she did a good so, job. So good. You know what uh, famous tie she has to this area, Carl? Kevin Smith? No. How would that be a tie? I don't know. Kevin Smith <laughs> loves Star Wars. Rosario Dawson was in Clerks 1 and Clerks 2. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith's also from Jersey. He's from Riverbank. The Missing Link. Between whatever, <laughs> no, we I was going to go about. with Rosario Dawson is dating Cory Booker. Oh, our senator, our yeah, our senator. I met him. He's a nice guy. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. So she is Mrs. New Jersey senator. Mm-hmm. They're not married, but they might. Yeah, it's crazy that a senator is dating a movie star. Like, let yeah. alone just someone that's in Hollywood, yeah. but like someone who has like the career of Rosario Dawson is dating right. just some asshole from New Jersey. Because that's all any senator is. <laughs> they're all assholes from New Jersey. Or wherever Doesn't matter what, se- what state they're from. They're yeah, still assholes it, from New Jersey. That, <laughs> uh, Mitch McConnell. He's just se- an asshole. Senator in Kentucky. He's just some asshole from New Jersey. <laughs> He's from the armpit of New Jersey, if that says anything. That he was the only senator that I could think of that wasn't from New Jersey. <laughs> that's the only reason I brought him up. There's a few more, but sure. Yeah. I hear there's like a hundred senators. <laughs> At least. <laughs> I could, Maybe specifically, but... I could think of two names. <laughs> Cory Booker and Mitch McConnell. Never mind uh, one who's about to become vice president of the United States. Well, she's vice president now. Well, she's vice president-elect. She's still a senator. Yeah, not not to me anymore. She's she's lost the title. <laughs> she's lost that title. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> um, I love the fact that she has the two white lightsabers. Yep. Awesome. Do you know why her lightsabers are white? I do. Do you know why her lightsabers are white? Yes, because each lightsaber color means something to the Jedi Order. No Jedi has had a white lightsaber, so there is no meaning to the Jedi Order. So she wanted to distance herself and just be, I am me. She didn't want to have a role within the Jedi. Partially correct. In the Clone Wars, she's actually ousted from the Jedi Order 
Mm. And she disowns the Jedi Order also. Mm. So they become white at that moment. Oh, they became white. They became white. I'll see what she I... She had a green... She either had two green and she had a yellow and green. I can't remember. Right. But they were colored in when she was a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And she is no longer a Jedi for that reason. She's right. ousted and she disowned, you know, disavowed them basically. Yes. Yeah. And they that's when they became white. So yes, you're right, but that's it wasn't a, a it wasn't really a choice in the matter per the, se. But what what did I read? It, one of those Star Wars Pedia pages mm-hmm. said it was a choice. Actually, that's where I was. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I, it probably is because I guess she chose to. We got to take the crystal out of it <laughs> that gives it the color. Yeah. Assuming Knights of the Old Republic is canon. <laughs> well, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, you pick the color crystal at the end. I never played Fallen Order. Yeah, you did. You just didn't get to the end. Oh, Fallen Order. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that was the one. <laughs> we you just picked, talked about it. You picked the color crystals as you're playing the game, too. You did, but you didn't get the wide variety. Like, you didn't get the purple, the the uh, the, the more, the blue, the purple, yeah. the indigo. Until, like, five minutes before the end of the game. Of course, because that's what the people wanted. Yeah, exactly. To have one battle with all of the things they wanted to (laughs) have. You you wanted that purple crystal from the beginning, but you didn't get it Mm -hmm. until you about beat the game. Purple. I picked purple. I love purple. Yeah, lightsaber. Well, purple. That's my man. uh, White maces. Yes, it means power. Yep, and it's a little bit of bending the rules, doing what needs to be done, but you're still doing for the good reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know why purple became to mean what it meant? Um, well, it didn't have a reason until until Sam. It Sam didn't Jay, exist. Yeah, Sam J was like, I, yeah. I need my own. Samuel L. Jackson was like, I will do this if I can have a purple lightsaber. And like, nobody has a purple lightsaber. And he's like, Yeah, except <laughs> for me. Yep. So then they had to add into canon the lore yep. of the purple lightsaber. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, fun fact, just talking about Star Wars, mm-hmm. the yellow lightsaber is a Jedi Sentinel, which is yep. someone who upholds the Order but is not afraid to bend the rules a little bit. And that's what they end up giving Rey at the end of Episode Nine mm-hmm. is the yellow lightsaber. Yep. I had one person in my jiu-jitsu class say, do you know why they gave her a yellow lightsaber? Because if you combine green and blue, that was Luke's two colors, you get yellow. And I said, that's, that's not, not even remotely possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how color wheels work. Yellow, yeah. you get green. That's <laughs> not how the color wheels work. Green is not a primary color. No, it's a secondary color. Uh, yeah, and there's also like the lore between a red lightsaber is actually the color's not red. It's the the dark side. It corrupts the crystal so bad that it actually bleeds, quote unquote, and turns red. So it's not a red crystal. It's that the dark side is just so evil. That's why it, all it ruined Sith the crystal. Yeah. have red. Yeah, there's a there's a whole thing. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's of, so much lore with Star Wars. Oh, you can look at the dark saber. You can look. Yeah. Not this episode. I mean, but. We will talk about the dark saber again. <laughs> yep, we will see that again at some point when Carlos Esposito comes back. John Carlo. John Carlo. Sorry. Um, uh, that's also this episode. Thing. You see, uh, Ahsoka say a lot of like, "I can't trade him." Yeah. I, I can't lead him in the Jedi way. Like she doesn't specifically say I'm not a Jedi anymore. Yep. But if you know her backstory, if you that's know, you why. know. Yeah. If YK, YK, as the kids say on their Twitter hashtags. Ah. I Y K Y K. If you know, you know. Move on. Gonna. 
Um, also, the child really wants that damn knob, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, it, it comes in play later when, you know, yeah, it makes they're sense. trying to cha- train him. Little, and they're like, it's just a little ball to yeah. shift the spaceship. A little shiny ball. Yeah. That's like barely threaded on there when he takes it off. Yeah. Like, you could see like half an inch of threads. I'm like, it should be a little more going You know, on the here. kid keeps trying to take it. Yeah. Why wouldn't you like say, wrench, take a wrench down. and like tighten bust the out shit the, out of it? Bust out the. the Arc torch and you know build it on there. I was just gonna say gorilla glue. <laughs> that too, gorilla glue, whatever. <laughs> All works out. But yeah, that, that's the child really wanted that damn ball. Yeah, it wasn't interested in the rock. Nope. Uh, we find out that the child has a name. So mm-hmm. if any website says Baby Yoda again, yeah, we finally named the damn thing. They need to just fuck off. Like stop calling this thing Baby Yoda. Yeah, it's it has never been Baby Yoda. Nope. Well, it it was considered to be Baby Yoda for about a minute when you first saw it. You're like, yeah. is this Baby Yoda? Because nobody knew the timeline for Mandalorian. Yes. But at the end of the same episode, they're like, the fall, the, the uh, Empire fell, you know, mm-hmm. a few years ago. Yeah. And anybody so, who's seen um, the movies knows that Yoda dies before. Spoiler alert. <laughs> dies Return before of the Jedi. Or 1981's Return of the 1980. Jedi. 1980. 80. Yeah. Regardless. Spoiler alert. Even better. For this 50-year-old movie, basically. <laughs> For your grandpa's Star Wars. Uh, But, you know, it's... Yoda's already been dead. Mm -hmm. And has been dead. But you do get some backstory on... Grogu is his name. Grogu. Lovely. Love it. Don't don't change a thing. I wish they called him Groda. (laughs) So it's like Yoda, but it's not. I love how Zoe Darson's like... I've only known one one other creature like this. Technically, there's a female Yoda, too, in the canon. Well, she never knew him, though. But she never knew her. Yep. So she wasn't lying. She wasn't lying. Grogu. Um, But I guess Grogu's backstory was he's been at the... He's been in Coruscant at the um, Jedi Temple there almost his entire life until... He was stolen. Yeah, the attack on Coruscant. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Grogu. You think that... That was probably Order 66. Probably. And then... uh, well, maybe not Order 66, because, I mean, it's heavily implied, like you said, that they're using his blood to try and resurrect Palpatine. So maybe it was while Palpatine realized other uh, shit was going well, on. Well, he probably he probably came there at Order 66, because isn't Coruscant where, that's where Luke the, mercs was. all the, uh, yeah, that's the... Uh, not Anakin, not Anakin, Luke. not Luke. Yeah, Anakin mercs all the younglings. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't stolen. Maybe he was just like carried away and maybe Hit brought him. back after all of that. Yeah. Settled down. Though I don't know why. The Jedi wouldn't have been there. So that's kind of a hole, I guess. Because the Jedi basically disappeared after Order 66. Mm-hmm. Wait, and you're down to... It was like 30-some years prior to this, uh, the events of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the of Mandalorian. I don't know the exact numbers, but somebody can look it up. I'm not doing it. Um, but yeah, it hasn't been that long. So mm-hmm. Baby Yoda is at least fifty years old. Yep, at least. So he was in he his was there teen years while all that was going on. Yeah. So either he was well hidden in Coruscant during Order sixty six, or he was stolen during Order sixty six. Yeah, something like that. And she talks about how like he's known nothing but like pain and suffering mm-hmm. since then. So yeah, they've been taking his blood. Yeah. Trying to resurrect Palpatine, presumably. But it's also Palpatine. 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 
Papa Peen. Papa Penis. Um, he talks about how in... Um, What's the third one we just did? Phantom and Fifth. Fifth. <laughs> Sith. Revenge, Revenge of the, of the Sith. Sith. Yeah. Um, what they're revenging, I don't know. But. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He talks about how his master had perfected, you know. Lo- Keeping someone keep- alive. Yeah. So maybe he knew that he needed uh, like a Yoda level force user. Midichlorian count. Midichlorian count level force user. Um, so you know he kept this one. So really, he was probably he might have been stolen by Anakin. Yeah, and he's been in um, Imperial whatever since then. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. Yeah, they haven't told us. Yeah, they leave the timeline very vague. They may yeah. go more into it as time as goes, it keeps right. going. But yeah, so Mando once is he's tasked with killing Ahsoka Katano mm-hmm. by. The magistrate of this the random bad, the town. bad people on cloudy forest planet. I think it was Corban. I think oh. that's the planet they're on. Foggy tree planet. Yeah, that's what it is. Foggy tree planet. All the trees are dead. Yep. Um, and he's like, "Yep, I'll take it." She offers up a Vespar spear, spear, yeah. Vesper spear, uh, yeah. whatever it's called. Okay, so yep, I don't know the lore behind this, but uh, so Vesper armor. Is able to stop lightsabers, and apparently blaster rounds. Yeah, well, the blaster round, sure, we we could. We've yeah, seen other stuff stop I those, don't, but lightsabers no. they just chop everything. Well, no, the, in the Star Wars lore, there is um, vibroblades, which are also used to stop lightsabers. Mm. Like lightsabers are all powerful until they're not. Yeah, it's really depends just, on what the plot needs. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> How will this look good? Okay, we'll just use it against this. Why yeah. not? Vesper is the strongest metal apparently in Star Wars. Yep, it stops lightsabers. Yep. One Vespar arm plate can stop two lightsabers. He had two. Actually. He went like this. Oh, I thought he was like this. No. <laughs> All right. Regardless. Um, you know who I hated in this episode? What? The, the guy henchman of the evil woman. Oh, the one and, with the blaster rifle at the end? Yeah. Right. Every line he said, he sounded drunk. And then at the end, he's like, so who do you think is winning in there? I guess your side won. It could be your side. It could be my side. <laughs> what do you think is Say hello to my little friend. On? Yeah, he wasn't good. By the way, those are actual lines of dialogue yep. in this episode. Who do you think is winning in there? It cuts to the battle, cuts back to this guy. He goes, could be your side. Cuts to the battle, cuts back to this guy. He says, could be my side. <laughs> the battle between Osokotano and the Magistrate at the end. An evil woman with the Vespar spear. Yeah, she's attacking the Vespar spear. I think Ahsoka was just pl- was playing with her at the end. Because she didn't look like she was putting any effort in. But suddenly she was able to knock one of the lightsabers out of Ahsoka's hands. Mm-hmm. Also, like, she's a Jedi. Just do this, and the spear comes to you. Yeah, and then this woman is just a woman with a spear. Yeah, basically. A I know sp- they said her name, and I I recognize the name. I don't know it, but whatever. She had a role, and her and and Ahsoka have a history of some sort during Clone Wars. The big I don't remember it. Big piece of lore in this episode is after Ahsoka Tano beats the woman. Mm-hmm. And Ahsoka goes, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Yep. Which is a huge storyline with Ahsoka Tano and yep. 
And we also already see Grand Admiral Thrawn. He was brought into canon during uh, Rebels. Uh, yeah. So he's not. Rebels are resistance. Rebels. Um, yeah, he doesn't. It's not that he doesn't already exist at this point, but yeah, he brings it into more mainstream because yeah. this has a much bigger following than Rebels did. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was already. And the funny thing is, Thrawn. He also has a book series. There's like a trilogy right. for books for him. But he wasn't canon. He was originally Legends, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Legends is basically stuff Disney couldn't buy. It was original <laughs> canon that Disney didn't buy when they initially purchased Lucasfilms. Yeah. Um, and they just said the stuff doesn't exist. So basically they're just picking and choosing storylines and characters. From things that were once canon and that <laughs> yeah. they said are no longer canon. But they're slowly making it canon yep. again. So yeah, it's kind of lazy. It, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but the the but cool thing about the Thrawn character is he's one of the only characters from Legends whose story is intertwined with the main story cast as well. Yep. Like he has a history with like Vader and mm-hmm. all that other kind of stuff. Yeah, him and Vader do not get along well. Mm-mm. Even in um, Rebels, you get that too. Yeah, it's like Vader and Maul. Mm-hmm. Maul hates Vader because Maul was supposed to be Vader. Yeah, Maul was supposed to be the next Sith Lord, mm-hmm. but he failed. He got chopped in half. And then got robotic legs. Robot spider legs. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Bye, dog. She doesn't like all this Maul talk. <laughs> that was her favorite character. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I want to say this is a great episode for lore because it ties yeah. a lot of things together. Like, a lot of the events of Clone Wars are tied in here. Uh, you get some snippets of the original trilogy, a mm-hmm. um, little bit of pre-trilogy. Uh, yeah. Kind of shows you where it's going for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, I, I assume we'll see Ahsoka again. I'm wondering if this is setting up a spinoff about Ahsoka Tano so that Mandalorian can continue on with the the Moff Gideon storyline and yep. Ahsoka Tano could as do a thrall, the Thrawn, Thrawn storyline. Um, there actually has been talks of having her own storyline before yeah. this episode um, aired. Yeah. She was in in talks of having... And you're not going to get someone like Rosara Dawson to play one character, one, one episode. Yeah. I mean, you could. Why not? Because there's plenty of people who are like... Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it, like Daniel Craig was a stormtrooper in... Uh, Force Awakens yeah and you never saw his face come off he just wanted to be in it yeah and Simon Pegg was the guy who sold the the, the alien who sold uh, the uh, food for credits to Ray at the beginning of 7 uh, Jason Sudeikis is one of the wisecracking stormtroopers from Mandalorian season 1 episode 8 is he? yeah, yeah. so it's just, people are just yeah like, they just want to be in it sure I want to be in Star Wars but they, put, they made enough emphasis on Rosario Dawson, mm-hmm. Dawson being Ahsoka and her showing her face mm-hmm. and like they put enough effort into the Ahsoka aesthetics yeah. and the emphasis in this episode that I agree that this is going to be a spinoff for her. Yeah. And I don't I'm think they're going to touch much more on Thrawn with Mandalorian. I could be wrong on this. No. But I, I don't I think agree with that. Will. He's going to go... He, he's tied to the Mandalorian storyline that follows Moff Gideon Mm -hmm. the Black the Dark Saber yeah uh, Bo-Katan like all that is where he in my opinion should be going 
Yeah, because that's a Mandalorian storyline. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely break off, make another show. Another good show. Yeah, (laughs) make another good show. Just keep putting John Favreau and Dave Filoni in part of this, and I think he will. Yeah, really. I mean, the two of them are what you need for Star Wars to stay relevant. Yeah, Star Wars lost a big. Not that they lost money. They obviously didn't lose any money. They lost a big amount of their fans with the yeah. the sequel trilogy. Let's call it street cred. Yeah. Uh, with, yeah, with the sequel trilogy. That stuff was just fan service and not in a good way. It wasn't good fan service. Uh. And it was just it was pandering. There was no story there. It was just like, uh, we got to finish this. Why not? It was bad. And then at one point in time, they're just like, hey, let's throw an animal rights storyline into here. And then 20 minutes later, they didn't care about it anymore. Yep. But we'll talk about that eventually when we get to it. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Even more reason to do so. Um, yeah. Good episode. Yeah. Good episode. Great episode when you consider what it could be setting up. It's a good episode for for lore. Mm-hmm. Not great if you don't know the lore, but... Confusing it, as hell yeah. if you don't know the lore. Yeah. But it, it also didn't make it you feel dumb if you didn't either. Yeah. Like, like go back to, you know, Ahsoka not being part of the Jedi Order and she's been like, you're going to find a Jedi to do this. Yeah. Like, you're just like, okay, she doesn't want to do it. Fine. No big deal. Mm-hmm. But if you know what, like, you know the backstory, you're like, oh, no, that makes sense. Well, she doesn't she, like the Jedi. She also firsthand knows what happens if somebody that doesn't want a Padawan takes a Padawan mm-hmm. because she was Anakin's Padawan. Right. And he did not want her at nope. all nope. To, at the get-go. And yeah. there there are certain fears in her that she helped push him to the dark side because he because he didn't want her. Well, you even get when they, when she can communicate with the with with Groku. <laughs> Grogu. Rogu. Grogu. I just know. added an R to Goku. Like, <laughs> Sorry, I was playing Dragon Ball Z earlier. <laughs> Grogu. Grogu, yes. Um she was communicating through the force. So like I guess whatever. Um but she was like, he's got, you know, he's conflicted, he's got pain, mm-hmm. and I've dealt with that before. I'm not about that life. Yeah. Because obviously she dealt with Anakin mm-hmm. and his conflicted BS because Padme. Yep. Because he pined for his way too old for him lover. Yeah. Well, by the time they had a kid, there was less weird. There's only a six-year difference. So it was yeah. like 25 and 31. That's less weird. Less than, weird. Than 9 and 16. Yeah, when it started. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a good episode. Yep, I liked it. Yeah. We talked a little longer about it this time because there's a lot of lore to go over, but... That's okay. The next discussion yeah, doesn't the, require so much the, conversation. The topic of my the notes week. is literally the screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got nothing. <laughs> The topic of the week was directed by John Favreau. Because we love our Favreau. We love Favreau. I, we really do love Favreau, though. Like, that's, but he's good. Yeah. There's a reason to love him. Except for like Cowboys he, and Aliens. But, well, not everything can be a winner. Yeah. So, the 2005 John Favreau Christmas epic elf. <laughs> We're doing this to get into the Christmas spirit. It is December. Tis the season. Starting tomorrow. Yeah. By the time this comes out it'll be december mm-hmm. so this movie starring will ferrell and uh, zoe deschanel that does not look at all like zoe deschanel that's blonde hair and the lack of bangs yeah she, she only has them on swept the side. over um also 
the mom in this movie plays Will Ferrell's mother in every movie that he has a mother. Yeah. So what? So he's uh, she's also his mom in Step Brothers. Yep. So Elf and Step Brothers in the same universe. Uh, oh yeah. So, so like maybe maybe the kid that he that that uh she has with uh what's his face James Caan grows up to be Derek. <laughs> Goes up to be um, what's the actor's name? Uh, Adam Scott. No. The Step Brothers. Yeah, that plays Derek. It's Adam Scott. No, Step Brothers is with him in. Um... Oh. You're talking John C. Riley, the person that she marries into. That doesn't make sense. It's his biological brother, Derek. No, but it, I'm saying is he grows up to be John C. Riley. That doesn't make sense is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Because it's his biological brother that is Derek. John C. Riley is his stepbrother, hence the name. Fair. Um, but anyway, it's... It could uh, still be Derek and then we still make it all the work to it. Mary Steenbergen. Who's married to uh, Ted Danson. But she's... Well, also she's Clara Clayton in Back to the Future Part 3. She is. But it feels like Will Ferrell just continually is like hey we need to get her in my movies she's a good actress she's in like four Will Ferrell movies yeah, she's a good actress um we could elevator pitch this movie and then honestly leave it at that it's <laughs> like I got some stuff we, we, we were texting about it and I'm like there's not a ton I have to say about this movie it's just a good hearted fun Christmas, Christmas movie, movie. Yeah. and that is what it is yeah. um elevator pitch I got this one. Go for it. This is the movie that says, what would happen if the beloved Rankin and Bass classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, was real life in New York City? Because why not? With humans. With humans. Sure. <laughs> Greenlighted. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Who, who you got to direct? Father. Yeah, all right. He's in. Who's the lead in this? Well, we tried to get Jim Carrey, which is true. He wouldn't have done it the same. He was doing. Um, oh, what was he doing? He was doing. I think he. So when the when the original screenplay was written, he was. I guess the writer thought of him, but he couldn't sign on to it because he was working on Ace Ventura. In two thousand five. No, the movie was originally written in like the mid nineties, like oh, 95, really? 96. But it didn't get come out until two thousand three. Actually, yeah, two thousand three. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> What's two uh, years? Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, I don't think Jim Carrey would have had the same amount of charm that Will Ferrell carries in this It'd movie. It'd been played way differently. Yeah. You would see more like off-the-wall zany rather than just like lighthearted oaf. Yeah. Yeah, like Will Ferrell's like a, a playfully lovable, mm -hmm. unknowledgeable guy, whereas Jim Carrey probably would have taken it to somewhere in like the Ace Ventura realm Absolutely. actually where he was like just super energetic like over the top yeah. super I mean energetic. look at um, Dumb and Dumber like it would be it would be more of that than it would be what we got yeah yeah probably because those are essentially two of the same characters you know it's I didn't know that was a video <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to look up facts about the movie sure and I selected one and then it started making noise started playing movies yeah uh, Carl's over here already bored no, I'm not bored. I'm trying to look up more things to talk about about the movie. Um, no, but it, it was... I agree. Like It would have been more just quirky. I don't think it would have been as good of a movie either. No. 
Will Ferrell just has that lovable quality to him. Like, there's a reason why he's such a prolific actor. Yeah. Because people love him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not because he's a good actor. <laughs> no. By no means is he a good actor. All his characters are the same, basically. Um, I got some good stuff about this one. Um, so, obviously, we start with Will Ferrell... Um, you, you see a lot of the force perspective when he's in the North Pole, mm-hmm. uh, you know, next to the elves, quote unquote elves. Yeah. Um, that stuff's good. The force perspective shots are yeah. great. And that's John Favreau loving practical effects over special effects. And, uh, which you see a lot of in his other works as well. He prefers practical effects versus mm-hmm. special effects. But I love the animation style of the North Pole in this movie. Where it's like everything looks like a classic Christmas movie except for the people. Yep. Where like you get the little puffin thing and the snowman mm-hmm. man. The giant narwhal. <laughs> that. I don't understand the point of that existing in this I movie. Know. I love it. Bye, buddy. Hope, Hope you, you find, find your dad. dad. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. And <laughs> he just goes away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Uh, do you, you know what? You know why they were able to use that close of a connection to the Rankin and Bass? Mm-hmm. So I read about this too. Apparently, when Rankin and Bass applied for the copyright, they messed up the copyright application to where they screwed up like a Roman numeral or something like that. So it doesn't have proper copyright protections. So it's just. We'll just use it. So you can just do it. They did, however, get permission. The snowman that Buddy talks to, which is very, very, very close to the snowman telling the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Yeah. Um, they did get permission to use that likeness, at least. Mm-hmm. So it was like, eh, we're going to pay homage to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only thing that could have made it closer is if the snowman sang silver and gold. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and slightly different coloring in his costume. But yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, but he makes his way to New York City. Mm-hmm. The scene where he's going... I don't, what version did you watch? Uh, TV or not? I rented it on Google Play. Okay. Um, we watched it on Comcast streaming, but it was from Star, so it was the full version as well. Right. Because uh, the TV version, they cut out some you know, scenes from oh, the time. Right, right. Uh, one scene that they cut out in the TV version is him going through the Lincoln Tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you, re- are you going to bring out the number of accidents yes. that that filming caused? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because all the scenes in New York City, and most of this video, or most of this movie, while it takes place in New York City, isn't filmed in New York. It's actually filmed in Vancouver in an insane asylum. Apparently, that's why all the rooms, like the the apartment, the uh, the boardrooms, like everything's white walled. Mm-hmm. It's because it's an insane asylum, so everything's just white walled. What about the stuff in the city, though? All of the city is real city. It's actually filmed. It's actually filmed in right. New York City, and basically that was done at the end of the filming. And John Favreau, a cameraman, and Will Ferrell were going around in a car. Would see a random person on the sidewalk, be like, "Hey, you want to be in a movie? Here's some money. Just react." Right. And so Will Ferrell would do his thing. So most of the action shots that you see, like him running around in the turnstile, him grabbing the. the the solicitors, leaflets, and stuff like that. Those are genuine responses to Will Ferrell being an idiot. And that, like, that's not even like they didn't even pay these places to film there. No, it's just John Favreau and a cameraman. They being jumped like, out Ferrell, of a go. car and said, "Go." That's incredible. Yep. Um, so, so going back oh, to oh, the oh, accidents oh, oh. is that I, whole like 
him like squeaking by because there's that access walkway for yeah. workers and if you get stranded in there for whatever reason um so yeah him like scooting by people yeah. would just saw this tall dude in a green costume doing this because this is before will ferrell was will ferrell famous yes like yeah. obviously snl famous yeah but it, you're not gonna well, be like, like he rose a, to fame fame with this. either this movie or anchorman and anchorman came out in 06 that. i want to say sure so, it, but Anchor, without a doubt, Anchorman came out after this movie. Yeah. You so know, he wasn't a celebrity all-star. Sure. Yeah, you're not going to drive by and be like, oh, look, it's Will Ferrell being stupid. You're yeah. going to be like, there's a dude in a green suit, and it caused so many accidents in the Lincoln yeah. Tunnel. Um, <laughs> so what I need to know now is that scene where Will Ferrell first gets to New York City, and he runs up on the big dude dressed in all red, and he goes, Santa! Santa! Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were someone else. Did they pay him? Or was that just a genuine everything? And they were driving down the street, and they're like, "Holy shit, that guy's dressed like Santa!" They oh, I guarantee the they, park. they did the the, sa- the second thing you just said. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then they said, "Here, sign a waiver. Here's some money." Yeah. Because I guarantee it wasn't like, "Hey, you want to get a movie?" Because then your reactions aren't genuine. Yeah. Yep. They it, did a thing, and said, "Hey, I'm John Favreau. This is Will Ferrell. You mm-hmm. probably know us." Because at this point, those are household names, but may not household faces. It's it's like what, uh, oddly enough, Impractical Jokers would do. Is they wouldn't tell you what's going on. Yeah. They, they would, would close off a small block of whatever, and then everybody to walk in there had to sign a waiver saying, I agree to be in this. That's actually, not to digress, but that's only partially true. If you, Unless you were the subject of the... Um, the joke mm-hmm. they don't need you to sign a waiver really so if you're a passerby they don't need you to sign a waiver because you're not nothing's being done to you you're in just a by standard right um practical jokes there's a lot of like behind the joke stuff where they show kind of like vh1 pop-up music video mm-hmm. kind of thing and that was one of the things they talked about was that they don't have to uh they only need you to sign the waiver if they directly interact with you yep. kind of and thing. if someone is um blurred out is they couldn't get the waiver signed right or they flat out said, I'm not signing that. But going back to it, yes, I guarantee you that's exactly what happens. This is what happens, and they pop out and do the thing, and then, then the producer's probably like, hey, by the way, this is a movie. Here's however much money. Yeah. Can we have your consent to put you in the movie? Or even just, hey, we're filming a movie. Can you sign here? And if the person's like, uh, I don't know, then they will give you 100 bucks. Like, you start off sure. with not even offering money. You say, sign here. <laughs> sign your life away in blood in triplicate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, they the the store that it has the display that Buddy works at. Grimbles. Uh, Gimbles. G- now Gim- I'm doing just throwing R's in the other <laughs> store. <laughs> Gimbles um, was a real... Um, yeah, it closed down, though. Yeah, in 1986, mm-hmm. I believe. They included it in this movie to pay homage to it. Yeah. Uh, it is now a mall, mm-hmm. um, the Manhattan Mall specifically. Um, Good on them. Yep. Uh, a lot of the interior shots, though, are Macy's. Uh, makes so sense. Macy's basically said, "Here's some effort," mm-hmm. um, but they had to do a bunch of CG on the building to make it look like a department store from the outside because it doesn't look like a department store from the outside. Yeah. It looks like a mall. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, Gimbal's was real. It no longer is. They probably couldn't pay Macy's enough to yeah. use the Macy's name. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> next best thing. Um, but most of the shots, like interior, like when you got the the kids in the, lined up and you see the 
the crappy interior store versus when Buddy fixed it all up. That's all the insane asylum. Mm -hmm. That's absurd that this was even in an insane asylum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read that. That was pretty funny. Uh, also, one fun, interesting thing, you get three main musical numbers in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, they weren't originally going to be in the movie. They didn't get included in the movie until John Favreau realized that Zoe, Zoe De Chanel could actually sing. Yeah. So he was like, "Now we gotta make you sing in the movie." I feel like <laughs> Zoe De Chanel includes in all of her contracts that she needs to sing in uh, everything now. that she's in because she does. But again, this is two thousand three before she was famous. Yeah. When did Hitchhiker's Guide come out? Because that's like the first thing I recognize her from is Hitchhiker's Guide. I wish I could spell. It'd be a lot easier. Which to is look a great movie up. as well. Tiger's Guide to the Galaxy. Damn it! I looked up the book. <laughs> Movie. All right, there we go. Um, oh five. So that was after this. Yep. So this might have been her first like big break movie. Yeah, probably. Uh, but she's great in. It. Yeah, she's great in it. It's weird, her blonde, but why not? I even while watching the movie, knowing it's Zoe Deschanel, I forget that it's Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, is it? Isn't in the Rudolph like? Yeah, in in the original Rudolph classic, Herbie befriends a, a like oh no, all the female elves are blonde in mm -hmm. so I think that's what it is. She because changes she, her hair color sometimes too though. She does, but I think that might be why she's so blonde mm -hmm. is for that because at the end of the movie they get they're together and they have a baby and yeah. stuff like that. Which that last line of Poppy wants to come see you is just creepy. <laughs> it's quite straight. Well, they're elves. They say different things, I guess. Um, the scene where the fake Santa and Buddy absolutely destroy everything. Uh, Artie Lang. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah. Fake Santa, Artie Lang. Yep. That was one, one single take mm -hmm. because it took them so long to set all that shit up. Yep. And there's a couple times where it looks like you could see Will Ferrell smiling or laughing when he's like trying to cower or whatever. But like they just had to take what they could take. Yeah. Because they destroyed, like, literally 10 hours of Lego work. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that was too expensive, too time-consuming to redo. So, yep, yeah. one take, that's it. Uh, you know the reason why James Caan was picked for this movie? No. So, James Caan is famous from Godfather. Uh, mm. John Favreau wanted somebody who would be stoic in the face of Will Ferrell going full elf. On right. Him. Oh, so someone that j he knew wouldn't break character. Right. Yeah. So they picked James Caan to be his dad in this mm -hmm. um, for that reason, mm -hmm. which I'm good with. Yeah, he, he does a good job at it. Yeah. Uh, Katie brought up while we were watching it together. She was like, I wonder how pasta with syrup would actually be. I got a story for this one. Uh, they had to s film... The one, at least the the breakfast one, where he throws everything mm -hmm. on it. They had to film that scene multiple times yep. because he kept dry heaving and actually threw up on one of the takes. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. But yep, yeah. So it's terrible, Katie. <laughs> yeah. Also, Will Ferrell had the worst time sleeping because he was on sugar rushes the yep. entire filming. He had migraines the entire time yep. filming because they had to do so many takes with him eating so much sugar. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But Will Ferrell is famous for for about this being like anything for a movie you know anything yeah. for the role so he just did it um john favreau drew 
the Christmas nice. cards <laughs> that was included in the lingerie gift. Yep. I love that. Yep. That John Favreau. I, I'm picturing like John Favreau sitting there like on a bed with like his legs kicking behind him. Like he's holding the crayon full grip <laughs> and just kind of coloring up and down, bending at the elbow. Yep. Like, yeah, like in pajamas. <laughs> uh huh. After he just talked to Will Ferrell on his duck shaped phone or whatever. <laughs> Giant Zach Morris uh, car phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you know that there's supposed to be a Elf 2? Will Ferrell was <laughs> offered $30 million. Yep. And he said, it's still not enough. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Yep. He, Will Ferrell has, been, has said that nobody wants to see a middle-aged buddy. But mm-hmm. as recently as September of this year... James Conn has said John Favreau and Will Ferrell don't get along. Really? Mm-hmm. So James Conn said there probably won't be a sequel. I wonder why they don't get along. I don't know. It's a good I, question. I can't imagine Will Ferrell is as playful of a guy as. If you ever see him in interviews, he's he's very stoic. He never has the same okay. energy. So I have an interesting story about Will Ferrell. So when I was in college, I was in a fraternity. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell is also a member of my fraternity, but from a different college. Mm-hmm. Will Ferrell, we have a, a story about him, and he says that he joined the fraternity because he needed a quiet place to study. Really? That was his reasoning. That doesn't make any sense. Eh, every branch of the yeah, fraternity true, is different, true. so that's not to say anything. Everything's like, like Animal House kind of stuff. Yeah, the, the fraternity, the same fraternity at your school could have been the party fraternity, but the same fraternity at his school could have been the nerds. It wasn't, but I, I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but uh, that so story about Will Ferrell being very different than his character is. Yeah, that goes with that. Where I was going with that is, I don't. One of my favorite things about Will Ferrell as an actor, though, is that he's like famous for like they either don't have that much of a script for him or mm-hmm. they allow him to just say whatever he wants maybe not in this movie but i bet I, you a lot of this is ad-libbed but i'd love to see the outtakes for this movie where like just even the little things where he's he's with james Conn in the office the phone rings and he dives over and goes buddy the elf what's your favorite color <laughs> like will ferrell probably did five different takes of five different buddy the elf uh-huh. random ass question Yep. And, like, I would love to see the outtakes for, like, the other Will Ferrell cuts. Right. Or, like, drunk Will Ferrell and drunk mailroom guy laying Who's down. Who's 26, but not really. Yeah, but the conversation that they're having, like, that mm-hmm. was probably all ad-libbed. Oh, absolutely. You're my best friend. I, I, I know you got good I ideas. I say it to you. You got great ideas. <laughs> I'm listening to them. Go with the flow. No, break the flow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guarantee you. And they probably did get a little drunk for that scene, too. Yeah. Because otherwise... That just wouldn't. It, it would feel contrived, and it yeah. didn't. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's a good movie. I mean, for those that don't know, Will Ferrell plays an elf. That's Who's raised, a human? He's a human that was raised by elves. Then he goes to find his dad, his real dad, who's a human that is on the naughty list in New York City. And the movie is him trying to win his dad over, basically, and all while falling family. in love with Zoe Deschanel. And they have a kid. At the end of it, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I could see a sequel to this movie being the, a follow-up with the kid in not Buddy. Yeah, maybe the like kid, kid grows up and going to the North Pole and having to solve some kind of problem well, at the North Pole. The working title of Buddy 2 is Buddy Saves Christmas. 
Elf 2, Buddy Saved Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. Uh, so, sure. Yeah. But Susie's the baby's name, so Susie mm-hmm. the elf. And no one would believe a female elf saved anything. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other reasons that it didn't uh, work. I, I'm just saying an elf 2 could happen just without Will Ferrell. Yeah. Oh, it, it could easily happen without Will Ferrell. Yeah. Just you'd have to create some kind of story reasoning for it. Or you find a lookalike and... Yeah, that wouldn't go over well, though. Or maybe Will Ferrell can do a cameo in it. Like, maybe they yeah. can get him to just show up and be like, hey, whatever. Yeah, brace, pretty much. Yeah. Maybe Will Ferrell is the new Santa after Ed Asner dies. Didn't yeah. he die? Oh, could have. I don't know. There's some, I'm looking through like trivia of this and like some of it is just so dumb. There are four Central Park Rangers. That could be a nod to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. It's supposed to be. But but yeah, it, it, it's irrelevant. Great. They never forgave me because I put them on the naughty list. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's stupid. Um, the kid wears a New York Jets number 80 jersey. Okay. But they never show the name of the back. Uh, it's Wayne Sherbet, who was a New York Jet. He was always a okay player. But <laughs> like, he was a very nice guy, and the fans loved him. Mm. That I didn't actually just read that. I just you know it. Yeah. Yeah. Because my football knowledge knew that. Yep. Yeah. So. So good on it. Yeah. Oh, uh, also, Peter Dinklage shows up, and yeah. I love Peter the Dinklage and really. everything he does. <laughs> yeah. Call me elf one more time. That's great. To someone that doesn't get sarcasm. Yep. <laughs> you feel strong, my friend. He's an angry elf. Yeah. <laughs> Call me elf one more time. You're an elf. <laughs> yeah. You're an elf? <laughs> oh, Miles Finch. It's a good name. And it's got this movie's got Kyle Glass and Andy Richter in it as well. Yeah. That's just two idiots. Yeah. Like they're they're actually just idiots. Yep. But they are probably. How do they have these jobs? <laughs> or the job that they have. They have the same job. I don't know. And they're terrible. Uh, Anyways. I think yeah. we've given a fun facts for Christmas classic yeah, of the Yeah, we're getting the Christmas spurt. Spurt. Christmas spurt. Spurt. Okay. Letter Kenny. Uh, <laughs> Just a reminder: if you want to submit a question for our yeah, oh debate-a-thon yeah, we're in the beginning, eh, we're here. Whatever. Um, send it to the Drunken Nerd Podcast at gmail.com. Yep, our We've Star Wars prequel debate-a-thon. Send it in. How many do we have now? Three, four. We're up to three. Three. All right. Um, Plus whatever I come up with. Be nice to get at least ten of them going. Ten fan sent ones you will have to make sure we limit the yelling match between the two of you we, we each only have one microphone though like we have <laughs> I'm to, still have to limit it because you'll still pick up because it's not like you're gonna be across the room from each other i mean i don't yell that's true <laughs> <laughs> i don't I, I don't care enough <laughs> to get angry about those movies uh, um where else what else are we doing oh shit what, next week we're doing uh, comic books, Christmas yep. comic books, Christmas comic books, specifically a 
DC Batman and a Marvel Iron Man. Iron Man. Are we going to reveal the titles or we let those... Yeah, we'll bring them next week. I don't know. All right. This title's so funny. We've already mentioned it before. So uh, listen to another episode. We've said it before. Find it. Or listen next week when we talk about it again. I love it so hard. Um, (laughs) I I haven't read mine yet. So... No, I haven't read the comic yet. I just love the title. Oh, okay. And watch it have nothing to do with the title or the cover. No. Like, it won't be a Christmas anything. It's just like an <laughs> Iron Man saves Christmas in general kind of thing. There's no angry Santa firing a, machi- or firing a machete. Firing a machine gun at Iron Man. That doesn't happen. It's nope. only on the cover. That would break my heart. <laughs> You'd be money well spent. Yeah. I'll never get those $5 back. <laughs> What was the original cost on that? Do you remember? 79 cents, probably. I don't know. It's Iron Man 54, I think, so it's old. Yeah. Well, I know you showed me the cover, and it's definitely like yeah. 80s. Yeah. So anyway, if you want to get in touch with us, maybe to send in a debate question, maybe to ask a different question, it is Podcast at gmail.com. Get at us on Facebook at the Drunken Nerd Podcast. Get her at Twitter at Drunken Nerd Pod. Get at me at Twitter at the Carl Evans. Get at Shipper on There's the a Drunken Nerd Podcast at gmail.com. What's on Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. Um, other than that, I think that's I think that's the show. I think that's all she wrote. See y'all next time. Yeah.